0: hey everyone welcome to a very special episode of 4gqt and today we have a very special guest the blurred girl <laughs> and on the panel with us is paris and pk and uh karama can you introduce yourself and tell a little a little bit about yourself
1: sure what's up everybody i'm Karma camera horn, a.k.a. The Blurred Girl. I'm a uh, culture journalist, content creator, and I tell everybody my beat is at the intersection of geekdom and diversity. Um, I have a regular column over at Sci-Fi Wire, um, and I also have obviously the Blurred Girl um, website and my little podcast, which morphed into a live show on Twitch in the middle of the pandemic uh, last year. The Blurred Girl, uh, Blurred Girl Live, which is on Tuesday and actually now Thursdays on Twitch. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Professional geek, like you guys, happy to be here.
2: <laughs> oh <Dope. Awesome. laughs> So that was a mouthful right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one of the one of the things that we always like to know is how did you get started? Uh what got you into this and what was your very first step into?
1: Um, what's really funny about this question is that um I've been a geek my whole life. Like, I, and I also come from a family of geeks, mm. so I didn't know that was weird. Like a lot of people like, oh, when was the first time? Like, you know, you were bullied for being a geek or whatever. And I'm like, I'm a black woman. I was bullied for that first. Like, I didn't know the <laughs> geek part was strange until I got to college. And I was like, and then nobody knew what I was talking about when I was making like all these geek references and, or anime references. And so the. It's a funny origin story, I guess, because I grew up watching Star Trek. Um, We had a family account with Crunchyroll when everybody thought I was talking about sushi. Nobody knew what that was like. (laughs) So um, my my mother is not from this country. She's from Bermuda. So I grew up watching a lot of different um, as a lot of people know who are first gen. You watch a lot of TV from different countries. So Mm -hmm. I'm used to watching Indian Bollywood movies, Korean soap operas, anime, like subtitles weren't like strange to me and having like discourse with my dad over like the difference between or why I thought Star Trek was better than Babylon five, things like that. So I I didn't know any of that was weird until much, much later. Sure, I got bullied for all kinds of things, but I don't think anybody was looking at me thinking, oh, you're a nerd. They was There's plenty to get to (laughs) before that. Um, So I'm actually an editor by trade. I was uh, doing editing and graphics for over 16 years for uh, TV networks and advertising and things like that. And geekdom was my hobby, like on the side. Um, I would say and I I started the Blur Girl website. It actually started as a Tumblr like. I 2010 eight. Like it's been around for a minute where I would just park things that I thought were interesting, specifically um, black, uh, black and POC comic book characters and creators and artists, things like that. Um, I would say 2017 is when my geekdom and my. Editing and sort of all of the parts of my life collided,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, And then I was able to really look at this as sort of a career, because trust me, had anybody told me when I was 15 years old that I could make a career out of reading comics and watching movies, college would have gone very differently. (laughs) (laughs) High school probably would have gone very differently. Um, But I yeah, I mean, 2017, I was a freelance editor. Uh, independent contractor as I have been for years, but I was really doing a lot of promos and the place that I was freelancing, a small company called uh, black spot here in New York, they got a contract. They did a lot of NBC stuff. So for people who don't realize NBC universal owns, um, sci-fi Fandango, rotten tomatoes, Mm -hmm. USA, Amy, they own. well, actually, no, not Amy necessarily, um, but they own a lot of different smaller companies. So they were doing a lot of work for USA and sci fi was going to have this big push at San Diego Comic-Con. And it was their, I think their second year doing it. And they kept saying, like, do they do we have any editors? They didn't know anybody who knows anything about comic books because we're going to go to Comic-Con and we need people. And I remember my <laughs> assistant saying, like, has anybody ever had a conversation with Karama ever? <laughs> Cause, um, and so I was subcontracted as one of the editors, like a team of editors, um, to for those of you who've gone to San Diego Comic Con, you know, uh, the I think it's a Marriott that's right next door. Uh, it might be the Sheraton. I think it's a Marriott. Um, that big hotel that's attached to the convention center. They buy out. They bought out a floor and just turned everything into like a huge studio. So I was in a room with a bunch of other dudes for the entire weekend. But it was a free ride sitting at Comic-Con and free hotel, free room and board. And that's sort of where everything not clicked. It's just everything kind of connected, because when you're a freelancer and you're thrown into uh, whether or not it's a news situation, like a truck or whether or not you're on location, you're working with a lot of other freelancers. So you everybody's coming from different backgrounds. But because this was put together so quickly, there was a lot of people in there that didn't know what they were looking at. So it turned into like what people yelling, like what Disney character is this? I'm like, that's Naruto. That's not OK. Um, who's the old guy on the screen? Like that's Peter Capaldi. Doctor Who also not how you spell Doctor Who. <laughs> How are you in here? What's happening? So I started helping a lot of the, uh, there's a couple of producers there that would like kind of run things by me. And I sort of was de facto assistant producer that weekend. And then I was asked to pitch a show. Um, I pitched three. Um, and I, <laughs> My little tiny show, which turned into an interstitial, was picked up by sci-fi for the 27 2018 season. And there were little interstitials called Sci-Fi Wire News and they would just come up in between Sci-Fi Wire Blast and would come up in between shows. So if you're watching Z Nation, you might have caught uh, that show. And sometimes uh, I was an executive producer on that, but sometimes when the talent wasn't there, I was also talent. And so people started talking to me more, like, oh, you like really know this stuff. I'm like, yeah <laughs> so well, maybe you'd like to host you know, be a host and sing uh you know Emerald City Comic Con or maybe like you you'd like to join us for this you know podcast event stuff. So I asked me to do more things. And then um 2018 came around, and that was sort of where, Everything came together. And I just want to preface this by saying I wasn't just sitting there doing nothing. Like I had been doing things for the blur girl and interviewing people and writing content and I was doing all the things that so that when somebody if somebody ever said to me like, hey, have you ever interviewed? I would go, yes, here's my reel," or right. yes, here's some of my writing. So I already I've been doing that for six, seven years just for fun. When people came calling and basically 2018 was the year because um At the beginning of twenty eighteen, Black Panther dropped. And at the end of twenty eighteen was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So when everybody said, do you know any black women who know geekdom or any black nerd, black nerds who I would come up in a Google search for Blurred? I would come up in Google searches for things that I'd done. And that was sort of by design. Um, But then I also had to obviously back that up. So um, I was lucky enough. Sci-Fi then asked me if I wanted to be on the red carpet for um, Black Panther and sort of that I think would be where my on camera career more to, sort of um, took off because I hadn't I had been on red carpets before but as tech as crew. Um, but now I was holding, you know, the mic and having conversations. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because all of that theater training from college and everything finally, <laughs> came, <laughs> finally came to down. kind of, right, <laughs> all those theater classes finally um, had some use and some purpose. So I was that's sort of a very long winded way of telling my little um, origin story. And then things kind of took off from there. Um, I would say one thing that I was very clear with sci-fi, though, was that at this time I still was kind of working as a full time editor, I told them, I really appreciate this opportunity. But if the only time that you call me was for this or other Black History Month things, I'll drag you on Twitter myself. So
3: Mm, 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 um, mm, and
1: there there was a person that was there that was um, he's no longer with sci fi and I He actually is part of the LGBTQ community. And he said he was like, yeah, no, they've got a lot of work to do in the diversity department. And trust me, this is not the only thing we're going to have you do. Um, So I think my years and years of editing, graphics, producing and, you know, um, even some of the acting, like I said, that I did back in college, all sort of came together and they've always been in my arsenal. But it was just funny. People go, hey, do you know anybody? I was like, yeah, I do that well yeah. you know anybody who could write a bid for yeah i do that too what do you need yeah, so
4: that's that's a classic example of opportunity right um you know, yeah and I also that, i
1: think my secret weapon is being a black woman i've been i've been in the room but nobody ever sees me
4: right,
2: right.
1: it's like black lady sketch show <laughs>
2: <laughs> it definitely can be used as a superpower this show yeah
0: i wanted to ask yep. you i know that you mentioned that you were on the red carpet for the first time at Black Panther and for your very first time on the red carpet with the microphone. Was that nerve wracking? Were you nervous? Anything like that at all?
1: I was less nervous about interviewing people because I'd done that so much, whether or not it was written or like this, like we're doing like um, pre-recorded mm-hmm. or something. Um, I was more nervous. And I'd also been crew. But when you're crew, you only have one or two jobs, like hold the cable, hold the light, you know, hold the mic. I was more nervous about the culture of red carpets. Um, And that's one thing that I wasn't aware of. Like, if you're not. Uh, we, we talk about in comics, you know, like the big two, like Marvel and DC while in red carpets. If you're not one of the big, like three or four, like a major network or like E news or something like that, you're crammed into a space that's about the size of this box. that I'm sitting in right now, um, <laughs> with a bunch of other people with just enough room to get your arm out to ask, you know, a question and there you get real cozy with people. And it was really about leaning on my skills and then leaning on the skills of, um, other people I knew because it's not just about the stars. They're being ushered along many times. There's a their handler, which is their manager or their agent or something. And you have to make sure that they not only see where you're from, but that they see you. You make eye contact. You tell them I want them next. And you have to be not rude, but aggressive about it. There are people that are rude, but um, yeah. And so that it was that sort of I was prepared for the interviews. But I wasn't prepared for the the melee that really feels like the stock exchange <laughs> trying to get people's uh, attention. So that part really was uh, nerve wracking. But I was really lucky and able to get some great interviews with people that I would interviewed before for either my podcast or other things that saw me and would I like, kind of come over. Um, and I interviewed as many people who as I would talk to um, that footage got sent back to sci fi and sci fi only used some of it. But I learned a lot. I learned an incredible amount um that. Day. And it's funny. Sometimes I look back at that. I'm like, Oh, I'm standing wrong. Oh, my hair, hair is wrong. Oh, I'm <laughs> nodding too much, you know, but um, I, I, I recognize the fact that I was very, very lucky for that right. to be one of my first gigs.
4: Nice. Do you, nice. So you have any job? memorable. Yeah. You have any memorable rememberable moments from the time that Sean are but just to just to tag on onto uh, what Carlo was asking. You know, what are some of the most memorable moments when you're on the red carpet um that you can uh, maybe some highlights um, during that time? or, you know, if not, it's, it's all good, but do you have no, 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 to- it's
1: fine. Um, I'm just, wow. I'm just thinking, well, what <laughs> I think, because there there have been so many, I think the funniest one was waiting, I think, hours for. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to show up for the Grinch <laughs> and he was showing up like because usually the red carpets are right before a screening and sometimes the stars go in and sometimes they get dressed, they come out, they do an interview and they turn right around, and they get back in the car. So um, he was really funny because I was talking to him about Dr. Strange versus Grinch, and he was like, you know what? If Grinch had some rings <laughs> 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 and it was it was a lot of fun, I, I think another <laughs> Car- red carpet that was stunning for me was actually inside New York Comic Con. So, a lot of people don't realize at a lot of conventions, there's press inside the convention on other floors and other rooms mm-hmm. and things like that. And um, I was in a room doing press for, believe it or not, for Underground for the Blurred Girl. And All of the they were behind schedule and I was sort of last online and everybody had sort of spoken to everybody and they were cutting things off. And Aldous Hodge said to his manager, no, I'm talking to her next. For some reason, he knew who I was. I was stunned. And he was like, no, I'm talking to her and then we'll leave. And they're like, but you got to go. And he said, no, they can wait. And I was that made me very nervous because I was like, "Uh, okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so I never had anybody sort of just no this person is really going to you know somebody I'm very interested in speaking with. I never had that happen to me. I I mean I think I've had other moments like Black Panther was a moment, but off the red carpet. Oh my god. Um I think another moment for me again not red carpet related was Orlando Jones, who I got to know through sci fi, but I've also just been able to like have conversations with. And when everything went down with him being let go or the announcement that he was let go, um, which he made a couple of years ago on social media when he was when he left um, American Gods. And I just kind of DM would him and I was like, would you mind having a conversation about this? And he's like, sure. When I'm like, crap now, like I was running and fighting <laughs> my you know, stuff, you know, my, my, my recorder and everything. And I was just so lucky that he decided, no, I'll tell you, I will tell you exactly what happened. And it was important to me to not Mm -hmm. write that article. I wanted that to be his voice saying what happened because I knew there was going to be a lot of people saying what they think that happens a lot when there's a disgruntled star, it doesn't matter, you know, what ethnicity they are but I definitely think that black artists get a lot of more scrutiny. Um, And it just meant so much to me that he trusted me with that. And I was able to put that up and that podcast really made me lean into podcasting. And as opposed to, I kept thinking, Oh, I would love to podcast for someone else. I would love it if somebody else produced this for me. And that's when I I said, you know what, Mm, I should do this myself. And then the pandemic just kind of sealed that.
4: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Got no other choice now.
1: (laughs) I mean, I had all the gear, I had all the stuff, I was doing it already, and the just that concept. And I think, um, I think the other thing, and speaking of podcasts, was doing. I did over 150 podcasts with Sci-Fi for the Who Won the Week uh, Hmm. podcast, and having co-hosts and coming up with concepts and producing and co-producing. I honestly think that that also helped. Again, it just all went in the arsenal. It's just all, you know, so when people go, wow, you came out of nowhere. I'm like, not really, but okay." Not
4: really. I've been here
2: (laughs) (laughs) now. You're super impressive. You've been like I said, you've been out here and I've been paying attention. You you hit my antennas and you spoke in 2018. It was definitely a monumental time. For sure, it
1: was I and um, I was I was just really, really lucky. To be ready. And that's why when the, when everything started kicking off last year, not just with obviously the pandemic, the horrible things that happened around George you know, Floyd's murder and everything else, when social media started kicking up with publicists and, and marketing directors that were like, we're looking for black people who We're looking for people of color who mm-hmm. I was telling everybody go. Go now. Show your now this is this is the signal. You've been waiting for the signal. This is the signal. This door is not staying open. In fact, it's Mm -hmm. already swinging shut. It's a very Mm -hmm. slow. (laughs) It's a gas hinge. It's slowly, it's slowly shutting, but it's shutting. And so you need to be ready. And I feel like 2018 was one of those years. Last year was another one like that. And it's not. I think that's when the grind makes sense. People go, oh, I only have two viewers. I only have five viewers. Nobody's listening. Nobody cares. Keep going, because at some point there'll be somebody who needs something and you can help or you're a guest or you're doing something. And then boom, that's when you blow up.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's the grind. It's the grind. We're on that grind. <laughs> yeah, we 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 here. We
2: out here, too. You know what I mean? And definitely. Uh, i love your energy i love what you do i, I like i said i i, I chuck you out um i got you on uh on my alerts on twitch so i definitely catch your replays how um you know what i i kind of want to know some of the fun things about you too so um tell us a little more about you know what what is most interesting or, or what is your favorite comic book character
1: It's really interesting because people forget this sometimes because I think they see me associated with so much like big two stuff. I actually really like a lot of indie comics. Um, So, (laughs) this question is so hard because there's so many. So, okay, I'm going to start with let's go older first. So, one of my favorite.
4: I was gonna say you could break it down by like okay who's your favorite Marvel and who's your favorite DC and who's your favorite indie. <laughs> I mean because there's just so many. There are Marvel, right?
1: there so, are yeah. absolutely so many. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say older. I'm still gonna say older is Monica Rambeau.
3: Okay, Monica um, Rambeau. Be-
1: yes, mm-hmm. because Monica Rambeau, even though people thought. Her first, you know, oh, there's this new Black character that's in WandaVision. There was a lot of us that or were waiting spectrum. for her. She was, well, she was actually the first human Captain Marvel, right. and she was actually the first woman leader of the Avengers. But nobody, let's talk about that.
3: Well, yeah. um, <laughs> oh, I do. So, I do.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so I, I was a huge fan of Monica Rambeau. And here's the thing. When I got into comics, and I tell people this a lot, a lot of people like to go, oh, so when did you get into comics? A lot of people who lived in the suburbs and things like that, or even in Black communities, you know, and I was both, didn't live near a comic book shop. So a lot of our introduction to comic book characters was first through animation, and then we would backtrack and find the comics later. So, like, I would watch the X-Men animated series, and then later, when I... Oh wait, there's comics. That was when I fell into Claremont's run. So of course I like comics, but that was that was the run that I liked, and I'm still waiting for an X Men movie. Yes, I said it. <laughs> um, the I do like the standalone movies. I do like Wolverine. I do you know I do like some of the um, things that we've seen, but oh, but yeah. So Monica <laughs> Rambeau in her, um, I it's really funny. I feel like it was Spider Man Annual. Number sixteen, I believe. I know someone's gonna yell at me if I got that wrong, but her first appearance was definitely in a Spider-Man annual. And I saw that somebody at school had this book. I saw this book. I'm like, who was this fuck with the Afro on this cover? <laughs> yeah. And then when I opened it up, it was fantastic because she already she was like handling her business, and Spider-Man was trying to help her, and she was like, i I'm, I'm good. I don't need your help.
2: <laughs> I is got that this. the one with the white. Does she have her white costume on? Or is it?
1: Yes, she had. And then the okay. cover is like she's like kind. It, it. The cover is red, but you see the black of a, back, a black woman because you can tell the hair right.
3: yeah.
1: Um, and it. Oh, my God, that was. And I fell in love with her after that. But what was so sad was because I have a, I'm a sucker for secondary characters. They didn't know what to do with her storyline, so they kept naming her. So she was, you know, Lady of Light. She was Cap- Mi- Captain Marvel Then she was, you know, she was spectrum. She was photon. She has she's had a ton of different names, ton of different hairstyles. I think my favorite run of hers was in Agents of Hate because that whole thing was pure comedy because she actually got to meet the Captain Marvel that everybody else knows. And she was like, so you're just going to use my name though. Right. That's how we're doing this. And she was like, well, I, it's kind of like an ex. I I didn't, you know, it's like an ex. You don't, you, you don't just date somebody and not have a conversation. It's like when well, you weren't using it, it's just, it was just such a really funny breaking of the fourth wall thing. Um, mm. But she's actually one of the most powerful people. Right. Um, mm. And, I just love her relationship with Adam Brasher, Blue Marvel. I don't know why we don't have Blue Marvel yet, live action, but we'll get there. Um, And and then I think newer again. Remember, I was animation before I was comics. um, Virgil Hawkins, so my God, uh, you know Static. So I was really excited about Static and his sisters, (laughs) Um, and even the little Black Lightning animated series where Thunder and Lightning were great. Yeah, we're kids. I love that. Yeah. And so all of these live action things and reboots. I love what V.I. Ayala has done with this reboot. I love Nicholas Draper, Ivy's yes. art. I mean, I'm a manga fan anyway. Right. Um, so but remember I mentioned X-Men and how Chris Claremont, you know, that whole mm-hmm. that whole run uh, 80s, 90s, I thought was fantastic. But I have to say Hickman has brought me back in. House House of X, Powers of X. I'm back in Mm -hmm. he he, he got me. And even though it's making me crazy, (laughs) his order. I'm like, you really need like red string to follow which one of these (laughs) you're (laughs) supposed to be reading first. (laughs) But I do like um, I do like Jonathan Hickman's run and a a lot of the offshoots that that have come from that. And then in terms of indie comics, I am really I'm a fan of excellence. Brandon Thomas, his work is for Image Comics, uh, drawn by Kara Ra- Randolph. Really fascinated by Spencer Dales. I really want to see a live action Spencer Dales. Um, I also got a chance to talk to interview them and. What creating that character means to all of the creators, Brandon Thomas, Cara Randolph and uh, Emilio Lopez, it was profound. They were emotional in that interview and they were talking about, you know, because it's a father and son story hidden behind some magic. Uh, and it's fa- fascinating to hear Brandon Thomas talk about like these are the conversations I was not I I have not been able to ever have with my dad that I've been able to channel to Spencer. And when you see it through that lens, it's very powerful.
2: I think that's that's why I gravitate to Milestone and all the characters. And, you know, because Dwayne McDuffie, he just wanted to tell stories that people can relate to right and that and probably why we share i mean you share uh far as virgil or or static being one of the favorites is because you can relate to all of the different motions and pressures and and all the different things he has to cycle through and try to manage because he doesn't think no one else can understand him the same caliber Yeah. And I really really
1: like the fact that they're dealing with his trauma in this. run. Like everybody's like, oh, why is he so down? I'm like, he just saw his friends melt.
2: Facts. (laughs) I'm thinking facts. (laughs) And and I think that's what I really like is that they kept the core essence of what they the whole reason why they're telling these stories is so that they can bring around uh, stories that people can like you know, I think he said, well, you can't relate to Superman. You don't know what it's like to be invincible and, you know, or be an orphan from another planet. However, being in this situation, inner city kid, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can probably relate to that a lot easier. And, and it showed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the TV show and everything um, showed in, in that aspect. So I think that's awesome. and it sh- And it shows even the ones that you picked. It seems like there is a pattern here on the on the characters you pick um, representation i thought she was going to say nubia because i've seen you recently interviewed no
1: i <laughs> am i am a. Fa- I am a fan of nubia but here's the thing i'm a fan i'm more of a fan of nubia now because nubia wasn't written that about that much right back then like she's being rebooted but they they can't even even like monica and again i think for me i think of what influenced me first. Hmm. And I saw Monica Rambeau before I saw Nubia. Right. I'm fascinated by Nubia now, and I'm so ecstatic as what they're doing, what DC's doing with her now, because I was really opening that the standalone book that Ella McKinney did wasn't going to be the last we saw of her. Because honestly, Hmm. I had I had some thoughts about the fact that. Nubia was rebooted for DC Future State in the back of a Wonder Woman comic. I'm not. I'm not. Li- and, and, and here's the thing that happens. But like yeah. usually variant covers will show you the other people, yeah. every single variant of the first two Wonder Woman um, that were part of DC Future State had no Nubia on them. And I actually asked the artist point blank what's good. And she said, I didn't even know Nubia was in this book until it dropped. Wow. So I think it was a decision that D.C. made. Oh, Black History Month. We got to put something out
3: <laughs>
1: and they <laughs> put her in the back because Aletha, Mart- Aletha Martinez has been in the business for a very long time. That people don't realize that she was the person who was drawing like the Dora Milaje for um, Christopher Priest in his run of Black Panther. Like mm. she was um, she's been at Marvel a very long time as an assistant artist. And then as a, you know, a, a full fledged artist. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting talking to artists like her, as well as other artists who were like, yeah, I remember when I was just an artist and not a black artist or an Asian artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's confusing for a lot of the older creators. Cause they're like, yeah i mean yes i'm a black artist but i didn't know that that was that's a thing now i can say because 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 alisa will tell you she did her darndest to make sure that nobody knew she was black or latina or a woman mm-hmm. so that she could get more work yeah. so it it's it's fascinating when you talk to some of the older artists because she's it's all of this like getting an eisner for uh, world of Wakanda. It's just, it, she said it was really confusing because she spent mm. so much of her career trying to make sure nobody knew who she was just so she could work. <laughs> mm.
4: Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. But that just shows you how the industry was back then and now how it's evolving now mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 you know, and diversity, equality and inclusion and all that stuff. Well, I did want to ask one thing about the Monica Rambo uh, uh, topic is um now that you've seen the live action with uh, uh with wandavision and she's going to be in uh, uh the new movie captain marvel the marvels how do you how do you feel about that like as far as like the actress that they brought on to portray uh monica ramble i think they did a great job with her oh yeah i, think,
1: I love tiana uh, i think yeah. i think she's doing a fantastic job i here's Here's the thing about all the Disney shows that I think is fascinating that nobody's talking about every single show that has been dropping on Disney Plus are about the villains. Yeah. Yeah. The heroes are still leaving in the movies but all the villains have been have been introduced in the in the TV show. And yes, one is a vision villain. I don't know why people like she held an entire town hostage. <laughs> That's a villain. <laughs> um, so I think, Tiana, um, Taylor is fantastic. I think I like I'm very happy to see an adult Monica, because when Captain Marvel was first announced and I'm looking at the names and I'm seeing there's going to be a Monica. And then I saw that she was 12. I had issues, um, mm. <laughs> but I'm glad that now grown. 80s. I know it was. <laughs> but I but that made me feel better once I saw it, because I said, you know what? It's the past, which means in the present she can be grown. And that's an mm. opportunity. Um, I I like what they're doing with her. I one day we're gonna have a conversation about the fact that, and I said this the other day on my show that uh, Monica put her very real body in front of Wanda's very fake children and mm-hmm. those very real bullets. <laughs> like mm. one day we're gonna have a conversation about that. Um, <laughs> but I like what they're doing. I am more curious now that Loki has ended and basically with this introduction of the multiverse, now everything exists. Everybody could come back. Um, Natasha could come back. Gamora could come back. Everybody could be coming back in a different timeline Mm -hmm. and a different, you know, so it would be very interesting to see if Monica exists in this timeline in the same, if that, is that how she's coming back? Is that how she's going to be in Captain Marvel or is she going to be, you know, I love the fact that she's gone to the ship. And she's, you know, hanging out with shield people and Nick. Um, But I'm very curious to see how they're going to put this all together. But I I love the fact that that we've just witnessed through Loki's season finale, a catalyst event that gives Kevin Feige part and parcel, you know, he gives him the the uh, the reign
4: to do anything. Yeah,
1: he can do whatever he wants. He can even acknowledge the X-Men from the Sony movies, <laughs> which I just yeah. I just just something. People need to be recast. I'm sorry. And stories need to be rewritten. You, I just you didn't, so they me mentioned
2: for Fantastic Four. You, you OK with that? Dan? Well,
1: here's the thing. I'm not. No, I actually I didn't mind. Because when you look at the time period of when the first Fantastic Four movie came out, was it fan, was it amazing? No. But for the time, it wasn't that bad. This last one. But here's the thing. I want to know if we're going to have all these multiverses, if we're going to have Chris Evans. Version of um, Johnny Storm meets. I was about to say Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan's version of (laughs)
4: like,
1: I want to see, like, what are we doing?
4: (laughs) So, that I would mean, be crazy.
1: They that do would be... like
4: it. Oh my wait, gosh.
2: Wait, <laughs> they could do that though. They could create they the could ultimate do. universe and then introduce Miles Morales, right? And then well, that well, version listen, of Fantastic. We have, Four. We're about
1: to get 457 Spider-Man. If Miles Morales is not live action in one of these, like <laughs> you're gonna hear me yell. <laughs> I just uh, so I I I definitely think that the other thing I want to see, honestly, real talk for uh the next Doctor Strange uh, movie. I definitely want to meet Brother Voodoo. I mm. want to see him. I want to see his ghost of a brother. I want to see all that. Yeah. Um,
4: okay. Doctor Shane's going to need some help.
1: <laughs> yes, he's, he's absolutely gonna need buyers. some help. Well, here's the thing. People don't realize that. OK, so everybody on this podcast knows who um, Brother Voodoo is, right? Mm-hmm. OK. Mm-hmm. So and you know that his brother was a a mage, a practitioner that died and then he gave him his powers. Remember the black man that was killed in the New York Sanctum? That was his brother Mm. in the movie. So I'm like, that means brother Voodoo must be coming.
2: Wow, Wow. that's that's interesting, because that that was
1: that we, well, because I was like, why is a black man got to be the first person to die in this movie? <laughs> and then when I then when I did the research, I was like, oh, OK, I'm not. All that's right, not a problem. Right. I get it. I see where we're going. Never mind. Got you. As you were
4: uh, <laughs> uh, Voodoo actually dated Wanda, too. So uh, let's see how that
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And and also, man, uh, and also stuff, what's right? going on with what's going on with uh, white vision. Where'd he go? Like, I have questions.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So I, I and it's not the ream back, but I kind of want to just pick your brain on how you view this. I felt like Black Panther and uh, Into the Spider-Verse was probably and just my favorite of all time, two movies that hit and, and broke all kinds of marks. Right. But how did you feel watching those movies and what do you think? the next movie or how how do you view the next movie to come out for as Black Panther?
1: For for Black Panther or into the yep. Spider-Verse
2: for Black Panther,
1: Black Panther. OK, so Black Panther was momentous on so many levels um, and it started so many conversations. This is the other thing I like love about geekdom when we can take some fantasy and start having like real discussions. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that was fascinating to me about the whole Black Panther, um, not just the storyline, but the but what it talked about was. A very rare conversation between Africans and African-Americans, and that conversation has continued since also those of us who have family from the islands that are first gen, because like the conversation that was happening between the two of them, I'm like, Oh my God, if this isn't my relatives, (laughs) like, because it's, there are so many relatives, people that live outside the country that were, that did not grow up here. That are like, why are y'all always talking about white people? And African-Americans are like, do you see what's happening? And it was like, no. (laughs) And all of these discussions talk about history and things like that. I thought that was, Fascinating. Um, I also think so. That's one area that I thought was amazing. I hope those conversations continue. Second, it brought so many non-comic book readers to the theater. So Mm -hmm. much so that I felt horrible. I sat, I actually had a, a chance to see, I was in Baltimore when I saw Endgame. And there was an entire black family behind me. And you could tell that Black Panther was their first film and they were just here for Black Panther. And when he got snapped out of existence, you would have thought of relative died. Oh, my God. So but it was oh, yeah. so many War. people. Infinity yeah, War. I'm sorry. Infinity yeah. Wars, not Endgame. Yeah. Infinity Wars. I saying corrected. Yeah. So yeah. there's so many. But there are so many people that were brand new to fandom, to comics and things like that, that came because of Black Panther. I can't tell you how many phone calls and emails I got that were like, I know you know what this is, but (laughs) tell me about Black Panther's sister because I don't know what this means. And my kid keeps asking me, you know, and I thought that was fantastic because here we are having conversations. Um, I do think, though, that fandom. Since that has terrified people, which is why I tell people all the time, like my brand, is all for the casual comic book reader and the people who are like into it or got into the MCU that are confused that want to ask questions but don't want to get screamed at on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. But, like you know, I'm like, what do you need? I'll help. Let me let okay. me help you out. Like right. for people, because you, you can't tell new readers, okay? So pre-order a comic book at a comic book shop and then come back a month later in the middle of a pandemic to pick up your order, like. I live in a city where McDonald's is delivered. Like it's not going to happen. So <laughs> being able to give them back issues and go to what, read this digitally, or you can order this and get the entire run being something. So there's a whole new crop of audience and fans, not just black of the Black Panther franchise. Right. So when the new one drops next year, I know everybody's waiting with bated breath to see what they're going to do because of the untimely passing, you know, of Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. And no, they're not recasting Chadwick. But there is a very, very large storyline with Shuri as the panther that's sitting right there across several books. Right. And yeah, yeah. like the whole Doom Wars saga and everything. I just do so much. And again, for those of you who read comics, you know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, that's OK. I want to be surprised. I want I trust Ryan Coogler. Um, I trust his team. I I want to trust Letitia, but I need her to sit down and not say anything crazy before <laughs> anything else. Crazy before oh, this movie comes goodness. out. Yeah, I, d- I don't want them to replace her. I want right, her to right. still yeah. be Shuri yeah. for continuity's sake. And I want I but I want her to wear the crown because there is a storyline where right. they do not know where black Panther is. They do not know where T'Challa is and she's running things. And yeah. I, that is perfect for, you know, yeah, what yeah. could, what I could drop. Next
4: segue. I am. Yeah. Good segue. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement sort of with that because I, I do like when they introduce Shuri, um, I like what they've done with her as far as the character goes and how she's, um, the smartest person in the MCU. Um, And they've said that and, you know, in comics also. Um, I just think that trying to convert her, this is just my person, trying to convert her into that storyline as the, also as the, uh, as the Black Panther running the, like I I, I can get her running the kingdom also, but there's just something about it where we're talking about STEM that, um, that really, like, I don't want to take that part away from her, to have go see her but, in do
1: the, but honestly go see in the her comics, do an action
4: fighting scene
1: right but the uh, but in the comics right. she didn't she fought different even in the comics yeah. and they could still use the tech like it, that was her thing with with remember in the movies with t'challa like look brother everything can always be made better right like you don't want to improve anything but i stay improving stuff mm. so you know i think that there's tons of opportunities there. There's also tons of opportunities for the, you know, the Dora. Um, right. I, I think I also think it's fascinating what they did with White Wolf, because in the comics, White Wolf is actually a, is also a white man, but he's um, T'Challa's stepbrother. And I think it's fascinating that now Bucky is White Wolf. You know, mm-hmm. um, the thing I don't want them to do is turn Black Panther two into a. Falcon, Captain Marvel. I mean, Captain America movie like I I want him to be there. Captain America can show up, but I don't want. I don't want it to be about him. I want it to be about Wakanda. I want it to be about um, Shuri. And and that that's just my wish. Um, There's also a number of other baddies that could make appearances and also think about it. If we now have this whole multiverse thing happening, it is possible. They said they wouldn't recast. Feige has said things before that have changed, so it's right. possible by by the end of the um, the movie, we meet maybe T'Challa from the intergalactic. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, there's run. a comic
4: series of like there the is a intergalactic comic uh, Wakanda, something. Planet like
1: of yeah, planet yeah, planet of Wakanda. So I. We no, don't know, man. but I I definitely think um, whatever is done, I, they're obviously going to pay homage to what what has come before. But I really think that Shuri could step up, and this is going to sound crazy, mm-hmm. but she could transform, especially if she dies. And those of you who've read T- Tanasi Coates' run are going to know what that means—not actually die. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I'm I'm really ex- excited. And then again, I'm excited again about having having geekdom, having these conversations like what they did with Watchmen, what H- you know, what DC did with Watchmen, what mm. happened with L- Lovecraft Country, although they were robbed by not having a second season and had problems. <laughs> um, but
2: I had no argument here.
4: 17 Emmy nominations, by the way, right. no argument. But here. no
1: season two, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I like the fact that I was having real world conversations based on science fiction. I like that because I think so many people are really nervous about having conversations about anything about race or class or or war or anything right now because of reality, which is a very real feeling to have that when you can say, OK, well, let's talk about Dr. Manhattan for a minute. You know, and let or let's talk about um, even the boys which is, you know, obviously not for kids and is a hard watch because it could be very violent if you're not into, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you w- if you can watch horror movies, you can watch The Boys. Um, there's commentary there. And I like having those conversations. I really like having those conversations more than I like having. Well, OK, how many of this comic did you read? You're not a real right. geek because you didn't watch that many movies. and You didn't, you know. There's 700 streaming services. Okay, there's no way for one person to watch Mm -hmm. every single adaptation of everything that's ever been done and still eat, sleep and take care of themselves. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um, I'm excited, though. I'm 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 really excited about that movie and about like other stuff that's Mm -hmm. coming
2: out. Mm No, that's just up.
0: You know, there's something that I think uh, you and PK touched on a little bit. On Static Shock, and something that I found interesting. So, what you said was, growing up, you didn't have like a comic store around the corner. You, you had to go out further to the comic store. And I remember when I was growing up with all the comic stores around me, I never even, I never even yeah. knew about them. I didn't even know about Static Shock until Pete mentioned, it. and then I started <laughs> seeing uh, Nicholas' art, and I was like, oh my, this is great. How did I never seen this before? This is amazing.
1: And it's yeah, almost- static and hardware and um, icon and, and icon of um, rocket. that's dropping rocket. in a couple of weeks too. Let
2: syndicate.:
0: It's <laughs> almost like back then, uh, that maybe it had to do with, you know, the culture back then that they didn't put these comics out in the kind of neighborhoods I grew up from. Oh,
1: absolutely. House. No, absolutely. It all comes down to what the shops buy. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to go and say bad shops, but here's a, if a shop has a, is in a predominantly white neighborhood and they're trying to sell. Remember, you can't return. They can't return, but they don't sell. So they got to eat that mm-hmm. cost. So they're buying all these comics. They're trying to push them out the door, which is why indie comics really flailed for a long time, because they know if there's Spider-Man, Superman Wonder Woman, if some X-Men, if those are on the cover, they know they will move. So it's and also here's the other thing, um, Carlo. Comics didn't come out as often. Growing up as they do now, they're coming out every two minutes. (laughs) You know, you used to have to wait every three months. You know, people think between. um, Even movies, people think between, you know, even all the Star Wars movies. Oh, my God, it takes two or three movies, two or three years to make a movie. I'm like. Just take seven years between movies before. Like, come on. So um, I think in terms of your comic book shop, they were probably looking at their clientele and DC, who was marketing Milestone at the time. That was they were independent, but they were marketed by them. They were looking at the demographic going. This book is never going to these units will never move. So let's Mm -hmm. put them in other neighborhoods. So I I also think, you know, it's what comic shops were willing to buy and take a chance on. Now, there are some stores that did take a chance because they knew they had a clientele that was open to new and different stuff. Music stores used to go through the same thing. Um, Yes, kids, there was a store that used to buy music. Um, It came on these little round discs anyway. um, So, yeah, I think that to to your 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 comment, I don't think it was necessarily on purpose in that they were like, oh, we don't want anybody to see these black characters. They just didn't think they would move just like most indie indie comics. Now, today, if somebody was to say that to you today, I'm not putting that in my store that, yes, that's racism. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it did change the game. However, like when Statics cartoon, I mean, it won awards. It did. It did everything it needed to do. To get people to say, who is this and where did this come from? Right. It was like uh, between Batman and Justice League, right? It came on between and, and Teen Titans, and everyone tuned in to watch this. So it did, I think, part of the animation is it brings that crowd who is not, like you said, the, the people, just like how you mentioned the Black Panther, uh, who are non comic book readers, to see an adaptation of something different that they never seen before, didn't even know this could be written this way. Right. And in and, and I think that's part of why it's special is, you know, Dwayne McDuffie, like, again, he he wanted to. T- and he was the same dude behind Justice League and and the. he wrote those stories, too. And yeah, he wrote he told, him.
1: Yeah. Him and, and Dennis Cowan and yeah. Michael Davis and the. the. Yeah the whole team i mean i one of his last animated movies uh was doom doom yep and that was <laughs> that was really that was the one where batman had a kill switch for everybody yep the whole justice league was like wait so you trying to figure out how to kill us he's like oh obviously he's like i'm not he's like i know i'm to one of the I yeah he's it. like right <laughs> do <laughs> he's, he's like i know i'm the only like non-meta on this team i'm not right. you know and one of y'all have a bad day and we all die i don't think so right i can <laughs> you
4: know based off the conversation about uh static i can only imagine how lit y'all gonna be when they make a movie about him, Right.
1: Um. I'm 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 excited, but here's but I'm nervous. And here's the thing. I'm actually very nervous. I'll tell you the other thing that makes that I'm fascinated by. Also, with static there's a lot of us that are nostalgic for Mm -hmm. because I had a discussion with somebody who was like, oh, I don't like the fact that they changed this origin story. I'm like, it, he was still shot at by police with, yeah. an, an agent of something that gave him his powers. Yes. It was why well, don't like the fact that he was at a Black Lives Matter rally? I'm like, why? That's now. Exactly. Like it yeah. doesn't make any sense for him they to just be in a protest. It. Yeah, that it doesn't. <laughs> it's strange that you think that that's a problem. The I am very curious because here's the thing: when Milestone dropped, there was nothing else like it not on the mainstream scene. There were indie comics out that were were um, like it, but there wasn't anything mainstream like it. So it had mass appeal. Now it's got competition. I mean, I just mentioned excellence. You know, there's all of the, you know, NK Jemison has fantasy books that are now being adapted there. uh, um, David Walker's Comic about the family of monster hunters is being adapted, also. Um, I, for some reason, the title of that comic just went right out of my head. Um, but oh, Bitter Root, Bitter Root is being adapted. Like all of these different um, movies and shows, we've got new stuff dropping on Netflix every week. So I'm going to be
2: coming as fall.
1: Yep. Naomi's coming <laughs> as well. So it's like there's so many different heroes. And look at this uh, at the CW. I mean, they've given us a black bat black bat woman and they've just gave us, they're about to give us a bat wing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. so it's gonna be interesting not just watching static come out, but watching static come back out as live action now.
2: Right. And still keep his essence yeah. of the yeah of the
4: of the yeah, the idea. Be interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: because there's a whole like anybody that's a fan of Miles Morales with electrical powers
2: know, is right. going to
1: see static and go, it's like, OK, you, so you, he's like Black Lightning's little kid with Spider-Man's the powers. With,
2: they all see that all
4: right. and would they don't realize prefer, it. Yeah. Would you prefer it be in a feature film or a uh, series like on whatever Amazon? Honestly, I don't know.
1: Yeah. honestly, I would rather an animated series first and then a live action adaptation. And the Thanks. only reason why I'm saying that is because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. which we're not out of. I don't care what anybody's telling you. Right. We're not out of this pandemic yet. Um, so an animated series could be up quicker, could keep mm-hmm. it in the zeitgeist faster, could basically be the storyboard for the for the live yeah. action and marketing, yeah. right? And marketing things like that, especially if you're trying to get to another generation, the yeah, generation yeah. of parents who are like, let me let my kid watch the show on the iPad while I do all the other things, or let me watch this with my family on the weekends, because Mm -hmm. one thing that is a through line for all of the static Virgil Hawkins issues have—it's always been a family show and a family comic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if that, you know, if it ends up on the CW, I mean, I'll be nervous, but if it ends up on the CW, it won't surprise me because that is that family YA um, market, but I hope it doesn't. Because reasons (laughs) reasons. 100 (laughs) percent,
0: though, I think that I do. I do think that CW has done a good job with. I think so far that has been my favorite DC show on that network.
1: No, I agree. And I think it's because it's outside of the Arrowverse. Yeah, well, I mean, I. I think Black Lightning did a really good job, too. Oh, man. That yes. existed outside of the Arrowverse. Um, also. What, um, What they were able to introduce people to, again, everybody just knew Black Lightning, because you also have to remember 2016 is when Luke Cage broke Netflix. Right. 2018 is when Actually, Black Lightning dropped in January. So, yeah, 2018 was Black Lightning, Black Panther, Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. So there's a whole group of people who were like, oh, my God, black superheroes. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it's really, really interesting to see everybody latch onto these characters now. But I also think that, again, what the Akeels were able to do with that storyline, especially in the beginning, Towards the end, it got a little lethargic, but especially in the beginning, what they were able to do and how real Thunder and Lightning were.
3: um,
1: I thought were fantastic. I really hope we get to see Thunder and Lightning. If they ever do a um, a Young Justice live action, I hope we get to see Thunder and Lightning again. Uh,
2: Yeah, So they in Young Justice season two, they loosely went over, uh, you know, the what was it? um,
1: you're talking about the animated Young Justice. Yeah,
2: the animated Young Justice it was loosely the Batman's covert team. Right.
1: Right. Um, so if they were able, I mean, Titans look, Titans is about to give us Red Hood. So I don't know. There's a lot <laughs> happening. There's a lot yeah. happening. I just saw that trailer. I was like, there's a lot.
2: Yeah, it is. Well, let's, we'll see. I think it. it I think it, it's going to be exciting. I, I think we waited and they put in the time and effort and was patient. And I think they're gonna give us some quality as we go forward, that's for sure. Um, and like you said, um, there's a lot of competition, a lot of independent comics that put out some really quality, high quality stuff. Um, not just talking about story writing, but also the art, the coloring, everything, just top notch. Um, so it's, it's, it is a competition. Um, I'm hopeful though. I am hopeful that, you know, cause Michael B. Jordan is the producer of the movie and I'm hopeful that he
4: brings it around and keeps that essence so oh he, he's actually gonna produce the movie they're actually working on he's
1: one of he's one of the his yeah. outliers society I think is one of the producers Yeah, yeah. I, I we know the uh we know that the crew is gonna be diverse though he's doing what the same thing Ava's doing behind the scenes which is fantastic
2: dope which is awesome so um What's shifting gears just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know we we dance on the comics, but you play video games, too, right?
1: Yes, I have. It's so funny because everybody's like, you're on Twitch. Why aren't you streaming video games? And I'm like, because I don't like failing in public that that's why. (laughs) Um, But I'm but I'm working on it. Um, So my boyfriend's a hardcore gamer. So he and it's funny because I just got him to start streaming. But I I actually, literally, one of the ways I relax at the end of the day is just sitting back. I have my own personal Twitch, and that's my boyfriend. I just watch him game. Um, But yes, I am. When I game, it's actually to relax. So it's one of two things. I have two spectrums. So I no pun intended. I am (laughs) both either I'm playing like Spiritfarer, like indie games, like Spiritfarer or Journey that are very chill, a very calm abzu that are just let me just relax or it's like Tekken or Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's like one of those extremes. She
2: went extreme. She went. Yeah, to either. I'm. And yeah, somebody e- head off.
1: exactly. Either I'm <laughs> meditating or I'm ripping somebody's spine out of their bodies. Um, the I'm actually old school Tekken. I'm a I'm old Eddie Gordo fan. I was devastated when they took him out of the game. So happy that he's back um, the And they only took him out because they know that we can win with him Um, (laughs) because
4: anybody can win with.
1: Yes, there you go. There you go. So um, but uh, so that's what I play. It's funny. A lot of people have been trying to get me into RPGs. Again, my boyfriend is a huge RPG player. He loves Mass Effect. He loves all of these. I make decisions for a living. OK, Dope guy. Dope so, when guy. I, <laughs> so when I sit, so when I sit down to relax, I don't want to have to make all these decisions.
4: <laughs> right.
1: I just want to shoot something or swim. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I know I understand the appeal of Mass Effect. I'm just, I understand the storylines and everything like that. I also um, love uh, the one that just dropped. It's is it legends, legendary Mass Effect, legendary.
2: It's like an um, ultimate yeah, version Master of Dark all. Legendary. Three yeah, legendary. The there. You
1: can play all three um, yeah. that I love that. Spider-Man is uh, also uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Shout out to Evan Narciss who I also have on the show because I teased him about the Bodega Cat. He will not claim that he was the person that personally wrote the Bodega Cat, but he definitely had something to do with it. He also had something to do with Miles's lineup, which, thank God, because his hair looked terrible in the first time. Uh, <laughs> um but it, but yeah, so I I am playing games, but I'm not. I don't want to call myself a gamer because I feel like there's so many people out there that are very, very good at good at it. Um, but I will be adding some of those chill games definitely to my stream. Um, soon, not yet, but soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I, I, I really like I want to get into things like Fall Guy, but I know it's going to make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, it was just fun then. Wait, wait, wait yeah, you're drop me. C- out.
4: Rage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I like these quirky, like indie games, like Moving Out, where you're moving somebody from, like you're moving someone's house, but you're breaking all their stuff as you go. Like I love oh that. Gosh.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was just playing that on Xbox Game Pass. Recently. Isn't that?
1: Oh, I didn't realize. See, I saw it. I think it's available on everything: Xbox, PS, PS5, maybe PS4. I'm not sure. Um. And then there's a lot of games that just look way too hard for me to play but I'm I'm fascinated by. Like I saw somebody uh, playing <laughs> Mirror's Edge actually the other day and it's really funny cuz years ago when Mirror's, Mirror's Edge dropped that's when I was actually really more into console gaming and Mirror's Edge made me put down the controller oh and stop gaming altogether for years because that game that game made me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> now i come to find out that i'm just not that good at first person stuff i'm better at third but it just traumatized me and i hated it and i hated all video games and i didn't even put down tekken i put down everything oh my uh, for a very long time
0: <laughs> i gotta ask you a question i know that, so that you play a lot of different indie games but have you ever heard of this awesome thing called xbox game pass <laughs> I just had to ask you because there is a ton of indies yes. on there. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll,
1: I was—I have heard of Xbox Game Pass, and and I, real talk, I have two. We've got a PS4 and a PS5 years ago, and I'm not lying when I say I lost the Xbox in the divorce. Um, because I really did. I got divorced, and he got the Wii and the Xbox, and I got <laughs> the PS4. So I actually just never thought about getting it again. But now that we have a PS5 in the house, and that is totally manipulated by my boyfriend, I actually am thinking about All getting right. an Xbox.
2: It'd be awesome.
1: Um, and yes, I have, and I also have, um, I have a Mac, so I've downloaded Steam, so I'm gonna be. Mm. Getting into some Send of my Steam over. Steam games too, because um, people keep recommending things to me on Humble Bundle, and I'm like, okay, wait, I need Steam for this. So I just <laughs> up, I, I just upgraded to my Mac M1. Everybody wanted me to get a PC, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thing is, I I like really good stuff. So if I get a PC, I'm gonna call somebody that I know and have him build me a PC. So I could do it right or her and have them build build it for me so it's right and has all the things because I am not building this.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. But I will I
1: will investigate. <laughs> trust me, I'm sure you and everybody else will know. But if 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 somebody wants to get me an Xbox, I will <laughs> download uh Game Xbox House? Game Pass. Yes, I will. You know,
2: <laughs> you know, a cool thing is uh I think Game Pass is on PC as well. So you
0: is you it really? Can, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get game pass on PC and you can play the games on the PC, like the PC versions. And I do not you know still this. earn achievements, which is my favorite part. They still pop and they, up
1: and they cross over. Like, if I was to get some a of them, because yeah. like you know how you hate that, right? Like, that happened to me. I started P- Spirit Fair on PS4, and now that I, I was like, Oh, I'll, cool, I'll play it on Steam. Oh, I have to start over. Like, some of
2: them, yeah, <laughs> some of them across cross someone some of some them are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I grew up. Listen, I grew up with my brothers completely buying consoles and uh, breaking them so they can play region free and things like that. Like, I get it. I just didn't do it. I was too busy, like watching an- animation and animation. Well, you,
2: <laughs> you stick around <laughs> us long enough. You'd be playing Game Pass on your phone. You'd be having it on oh. your laptop. Yeah, you'd be on the road. Has it all over the place. Where's my controller? (laughs) Yeah, so OK,
0: this device could turn into an Xbox machine. I can play an Xbox library just on this.
1: I have I have seen plenty of people doing that. Okay, so if I naming what I've named, what if I am to get Xbox Game Pass, what would you suggest playing for me? Well,
0: uh, there's a lot of indies. Uh, Is Spirit Fair stolen Game Pass? Because it was in there at one time. Um, that well was in there. What do you recommend, PK?
1: He's he's like, I don't know, because I don't play quiet games like that. No,
2: there's I mean, (laughs) I mean, there's Overcooked. There's Ori. There's Tetris. There's Blood There's I mean,
1: but wait, I've seen that Tetris. That Tetris is horrifying. That's going under moves. It moves so fast (laughs) sometimes.
2: You can slow it down you, yeah, but you know the thing is, just, is you got all the you do got options right, so you can definitely check i do it like
1: out. and I do like the retro games too um so i don't have I don't have an emulator or anything like that, but I do like some of the newer versions of the older games like Tetris like you mentioned
3: yeah. right i so,
1: do i mean there's uh, river river city river city girls, girls girls yes yes that's there's yes. Okay, now maybe maybe <laughs> I will get it because I used to love that game. <laughs> yes, and yes. there's
0: there's a new indie game coming out uh, on July 29 called The Ascent. That's gonna mm-hmm. be on Game Pass. Uh, um,
4: there's a Gang Beast.
0: Gang Beast is a lot of fun. If you pl- if you play that with your boyfriend, you can knock him off ledges, limps and crates and stuff, and you can make him angry. Oh yeah, it's a fun game. We make each other angry. I already, yeah,
1: I already yeah. made him angry on Tekken. He was like, "Let's play Tekken. He he challenged me to a game of Tekken at his mom's house over a year ago in New Orleans uh during New Year's. I'm like, no, "Let's not do this. It's fine." He's like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> she said, "You don't play want with you. to smoke." I was like, "Let's don't not do, do this. this. Let's not do this." And then I've. <laughs> And I beat him soundly three yeah, times and it was in front of his family. I was like, well, <laughs> I told you, you didn't want to do this. Uh, so I but yeah. but that's I, why like, he has
2: five. Right. Just, and
1: that's well, that's why he wants me to play Mass Effect so he can watch me die over and over and over again. Oh, because he knows yeah. I'm terrible at it. Um, <laughs> I think he's actually currently playing Warframe um, mm. because that's just, that's because because Tenocon just happened and he had put that one down for uh oh my god he had put that one down for um of course mass effect but mm. what was the what was the game that was breaking oh um not overwatch
4: you mean, there was a game
1: that was know. out that everybody was really really upset about because Cyberpunk. Kept... Cyberpunk. Well, no, Cyberpunk was destroyed. That was terrible. Um, I think the only place you can play Cyberpunk now is on Steam, and it's not busted.
2: Well, you can play it on Xbox. And, it's uh, not busted game...
1: there. It's not busted. I mean, and the Spirit game. Fair
0: the plays game plays has bugs, mm-hmm. right? Like okay. You can super jump sometimes or fly in the air if a car hits you, kind of stuff. Okay. But other than that, um, if the Xbox plays it really well. Uh, they did patch it and it's back on PS5 also. So there's some patches there. But um, what was I going to say? That Another thing too is um, with, with Xbox Game Pass you get day and date of Xbox first party studios and they approach so many studios now like Bethesda and everybody else that mm-hmm. so you would get like Psychonauts 2 be able to play that day and date comes out. Uh, if you like, if you like racing games, or your boyfriend likes racing Forza, be there day and date. Oh, I'm not telling him of... that
1: but Halo. But yeah, I'm not telling him that all because I'll never see him again. Halo, <laughs> I mean, be... <laughs> but Halo, I I might be interested in that one. Day and um, date
0: in Game Pass
1: because I'm an I'm an old school Master Chief fan. So okay, Uh-oh. okay, I'm gonna have Whoa. to. See, I, I told after. you,
2: you stick around us, you just start. You just we buy things start all the happening.
1: subscription services.
0: So, but here's 10, the thing
1: I, en- I enjoy, yeah. And I, the funny thing is, I enjoy playing games, I enjoy gaming. But the funny thing is, it when people are watching you, it gets more nerve wracking, and that's mm-hmm. why I haven't live streamed it yet. So, that's why I'll probably do my chill games first to get used to people watching me do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because I will fail 150 times until I get it. But I don't think anybody wants to watch me do that.
2: <laughs> Listen, I, I can't remember his name, but it was a seven year old man. He was what was he playing? He was playing Pokemon or something. And, and he had millions of people watching him trying to coach him through it.
1: Oh, it crazy. <laughs>
2: But he enjoyed okay, so it so I'll,
1: I'll just wait until I'm 70 then. That's what I was. <laughs> well, just do what do he
0: does on the last episode of our podcast. He turned himself into a cat with a face rig from. They have. A- oh, my God, program. And he turned himself into a cat because he was too tired to be on camera. So when his <laughs> mouth moved, the cat's mouth moved. cat move.
1: Yes. I know yes. somebody else who does that. I'm, I might do that and then I don't even have to put makeup on. That'd be fantastic.
0: That's-
2: yeah. <laughs> Yes, Judge, I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, awesome. yeah. You guys, um
0: I know that we're all right. We're past the Wrapped hour mark time. and I feel yeah. so bad, but this has been so much fun talking to you. Like all oh, oh, thank comic you stuff and oh man, I could talk for hours. Yeah, books. I got thirteen Absolutely. long big boxes.
1: That's what I'm there. saying. I see I see your your little setup there. Yes.
2: <laughs> i I'm I'm just saying, I told you you're like a distant cousin. It's like like home. You know what I mean? So um definitely enjoy having conversations for sure.
1: Awesome. And now that I know that you guys know so much about Xbox, and Paris, you work for Xbox. Can you hook a sister up?
4: <laughs> <laughs> hit me, hit me on the uh the, the DM. We can speak
1: uh, but now that I know that you can actually use Game Pass without the actual um, platform that I might investigate, yeah,
0: absolutely. And it will get you started. Any, any Bluetooth get you controller, started. I believe, works now with Game Pass on the phone. I might be wrong, Paris. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they got the razor key that puts the phone into like almost like this um, wide kind of controller. It looks like uh, cool, like yes.
1: Yes, I was going to say, I've seen it like the switch. Yeah, I look, I just found it. I somebody else was telling me that how I could turn my iPhone into a switch. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. (laughs) Y'all are never going to see me again.
2: (laughs) We'll we'll get you together. That's for sure. Listen, um, I know one thing I just want to touch on, and I just want to make sure everyone knows like um, if you can touch on it, I don't know how much time you got, but I just want to see If you can elaborate on what you're working on and, you know, anything that's particular you could talk about that people, your fans can get excited for.
1: Sure. I could talk about uh, a bunch of different things. So I think the biggest thing that's coming up the quickest is um, on July 24th. I am actually going to be talking to the cast of Genlock, including Michael B. Jordan and Dakota Fanning and the director of season two. Yep. Because there is a season two of Genlock that is coming.
2: I was about to say, like, yo,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes. Season two is Season two is coming. Well, there was a little bit of controversy with the origins of the show, and there were some interesting things that happened over at Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth is still producing it. They're co-producing it again with Michael B. Jordan's company, Outlier Productions. And again, diverse animation team, diverse voice cast. So it, it's got like Maisie Williams and David Tennant and any Doctor Who fans out there. Um, so, yeah, it's got a lot of amazing people. I don't get to talk to all of them, but I do get to talk to Michael, Michael B. Jordan um, on Saturday, July 24th, 6 p.m. Pacific. So I guess that makes it 9 p.m. Eastern over here. Um, but you can go to San Diego Comic-Con at home to check out the full schedule for that. Um, the Blur Girl Live. For those of you who are just hearing about me. Yes, um, I do have a show called the Blur Girl Live. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. I'm on a little bit of a hiatus. I always take a break every 10 weeks just so I won't hate myself or other people. Um, <laughs> Self care. It's a thing because um, I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but the biggest reason why I actually had to take a break which not many people know about is um, I'm working on a book. I can't tell you what the book is about. yet. In the fall, I'll be able to talk about it. Um, So I got that happening. And then my podcast, the actual podcast uh, that you can listen to on iTunes and everything that is actually going to be dropping again starting on 23rd um, this Friday. So you'll be able to hear me. So even though I'm not live with a lot of people right now because I'm working on a bunch of other things, you're going to be able to watch all of these reruns and things of things because it's really funny in the past few months, I've gotten all these new people who've learned about me and they don't know anything of the of the other stuff that I've done. So I've awesome. got some interviews coming up with um, uh, Matthew Cherry, Peter Ramsey um, to do a bunch of people coming out. So I can't wait to share. Oh, and I also interviewed the uh, Sean Thomas, uh, who created Yasuke and the writer the writing team from Yasuke. So oh, that's nice. coming up. Nice. too.
4: Awesome. That's yeah. nice.
2: <clears throat> Those are good one offs right. that Netflix got a good pickup on, I think.
1: So they did. And oh awesome. also, also, if you want exclusives, if you want to see stuff just like you were saying early, day and date, <laughs> you gotta be pa- <laughs> you have to be a Patreon subscriber. So that's patreon.com nice. nice. <laughs> <Nice>. slash <So, laughs> <yes>, the blur girl.
4: Blur girl. Yes,
2: <laughs>
1: Oh, nice. I want to make one of those.
4: <laughs> so so where can we find you at on the interwebs?
1: I'm basically the blur girl everywhere, T-H-E-B-L-E-R-D-G-U-R-L Um I get mail on Twitter. Y'all know you see me there all the time. Um, But you can also find me on Instagram and there. I don't know if it's going to be up by the time this airs, but there is a discord in my future.
4: Oh, so it's being
1: it's being built right now. So I'm very excited (laughs) about that. So I will be able to all hang out and watch movies and things like that. And uh, I've been just really I've realized since the pandemic has started that I You know, community is a thing. We can't all work as, you know, islands. And I think a lot of people are tired of just fighting other people on the Internet and just want places to chill out and hang out. And so my discord hopefully is going to be one of those places. Thanks. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been awesome talking to you and and, uh, your history and things and comic book fandom is Fantastic, by the way, <laughs> it's great. Uh, yes. Um, thank
1: you. It's been fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming out and hanging out with them.
1: I yes. appreciate it. And thank you. And shout out to your whole crew, everybody out there that's that's listening. This is amazing. And you guys, please yes. keep doing the amazing stuff that you're doing because your channel absolutely. is awesome. My channel <laughs> wants to be your channel when it grows up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the grand is real. Rand is real. Thank
3: you for sure.
0: Thank you.